Hi, I'm Julie Morgenstern, and welcome to Time to Parent, the podcast that will give you more time, less guilt, and deeper joy. We've reached the second half of this series. We've covered all the components of raising a human, doing your part. If you haven't heard the episodes for Provide, Arrange, Relate, and Teach, which spells the acronym PART, by the way, I do recommend you listen to them. With this episode, we dive into being a human being. That acronym is SELF, S-E-L-F, for sleep, exercise, love, and fun. And today, we cover sleep with a client named Maria. For parents, sleep is a universal challenge. When you're really, really busy, sleep can feel like kind of a waste of time. It can feel lazy to just lay down and be still for a whole eight hours. Shouldn't I be working? Shouldn't I be doing something? But I assure you, when you sleep, you are doing something. Your body and your mind is rejuvenating. It's recharging. And it's so necessary that sleeping hours stay sacred, particularly for parents. You just need sleep to be the best version of yourself you can be. So on to Maria. My name is Maria Provenzano, and I have two kids. I have a one-year-old, he just turned one, and a five-year-old, both boys, uh, Grant and JJ. Maria splits her time between a lot of different jobs. She's a DIY expert on a morning TV show on the Hallmark Channel. She's a food blogger with an active following, and she's a busy, busy mom. She wears a lot of hats, to say the least. And when I met Maria, she was suffering from extreme sleep deprivation. With all she had to do, she was eating away at her sleep hours and staying up super late. Then, because of her job on a morning television show, she was getting up very early. She'd kind of accepted that sleeplessness was just the way it is. Her only question for me was if I had any tips for how to make the most of the little sleep she had. But I wasn't so ready to just accept sleep deprivation as an unfixable problem. So I began asking questions to understand the situation. And I discovered there were three reasons for her lack of sleep. By addressing each one, I was pretty sure Maria would be able to boost both the quantity and the quality of the sleep she got. As we spoke, it became clear that for Maria, sleep was not her priority. Far from it. So sleep is a big issue for me or lack thereof. I, I prioritize my work above, and of course my children, but above all sleep because my uh, workload and the workload I put on myself a lot, you know, with uh, what I consider two jobs tends to be a lot. So the only times I can get work done are generally when the kids are sleeping at night and early in the morning. And so that is generally the last on my to-do list (laughs) is to sleep. Her priority list went a little something like this. Kids, work, blog, Everything else, sleep. And then at night, to decompress, Maria was staying up late scrolling and scrolling on Instagram. So where I am needing to fill is 
something that replaces that quote unquote downtime. If anything, like I just start, my mind starts drifting and then I just can't focus because I'm thinking of all the work I should be doing. So that's where the mindless time of Instagram and social media comes into play because it really does drain your focus. Further exacerbating her already limited sleep schedule was the fact that her one-year-old wasn't sleeping through the night. He was up every, well, he was feeding every three hours. And so that means I was getting maybe 45 minutes of sleep between each feeding. And I would have a sitter come to my house at uh, 6, 6.30, somewhere around there. And I would definitely be out of my house by 6.30. So I would leave after having maybe three hours of sleep, but in separate increments and go to set and work a 12 hour day. And then I would come home and basically do that all over again with the similar amount of sleep. Combine Maria's late bedtimes with her baby not sleeping through the night with the fact that Maria had to be up extremely early for work. And you could see why she was so sleep deprived. This was a recipe for disaster. I think uh, specifically the way sleep deprivation can has impacted me, I would say for me where it's really hit is being temperamental and snapping at a lot of times it ends up being my husband or my children or getting frustrated with my baby who can't control the fact that he doesn't know what's happening with sleep. And granted, I know that I could do more work if I was well rested. And when I would sit and try to type and try to focus, I would just be so tired that my, in the beginning, my website suffered. Maria was sleep-deprived, and it was affecting her mood, it was affecting her productivity, and frankly, it was affecting her family. People need to sleep. Maria really needed to sleep. And Maria's baby needed to sleep. But why do we need to sleep? And how much sleep do we really need? Let's go to an expert to give us the why. Hi, I'm Dr. Erin Flynn Evans, and I'm a circadian physiologist by training. Uh, I'm one of the lead consultants at Baby Sleep Science. Baby Sleep Science is a website I absolutely love. It's aimed at helping parents manage their children's sleep, and the insights about how to be a better sleeper happen to be as good for adults as they are for kids. Dr. Flynn Evans is one of the founders. What I wanted to understand from her is why is sleep so important? Why should we make sleep a priority? Let's start there. Uh, Sleep is one of the fundamental components of life. Um, All animals sleep. Uh, Sleep helps us in many ways. It uh, helps with memory consolidation, with learning. In young children, it helps with motor skill learning. So all of the development that a baby's doing every day and learning to crawl and then walk um, is really integrated during sleep which is really exciting. Uh, We also know that sleep is for just general body restoration. And there's some recent evidence to suggest that uh, there's some uh, flushing of toxins in the brain that happens during sleep. So sleep, um, while we don't know, know that there's one single reason that we sleep, we know that there's lots of many good reasons to get good sleep. So for kids, sleep helps with a wide range of things from memory to motor skills. But it also helps adults in these ways, too. That body restoration that Dr. Flynn Evans talks about isn't just for kids. Parents and children both need to be getting enough sleep to feel those benefits. So as we age, sleep changes. Obviously, uh, adults and older adults sleep a lot less than children do. 
but the general uh, experience of sleep remains roughly the same, and the benefits that we get from sleep remain roughly the same. We know that kids need to sleep. Babies can sleep up to 20 hours a day, but it's so easy to underestimate how much sleep you, the parent, need. You've probably heard this before. Adults need seven to eight hours of sleep per night. But listen, this number isn't random. This isn't just there to make you feel guilty for not getting enough sleep. There are tangible effects to not sleeping at least seven hours a night as an adult. And these effects aren't just in the short term. There were some recent consensus statements from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and the National Sleep Foundation that showed that when you get less than seven hours of sleep consistently, not only do you have the short-term consequences that we all understand, we're you know, a little cranky during the day, have difficulty functioning, um, but there are long-term consequences as well. So there's an increased risk of ob- obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, when you have consistent short sleep. So getting enough sleep is really vital for your short and long-term health outcomes. Then, looking at Maria, who is trying to manage her one-year-old and her early riser job, she's definitely not getting enough sleep. And the sleep she is getting is interrupted. Every few hours, Maria's getting up to tend to a crying baby. So when a baby is born, it's, it's very normal for a child to wake up and need to eat and need parental attention overnight. Uh, but as a baby grows and develops, their sleep should become more consolidated, uh, allowing for much longer stretches of sleep. And as that baby's sleep consolidates, uh, parent sleep should consolidate again too. Uh, when we have extended bouts of sleep fragmentation, that can lead to uh, what many people probably can understand. Uh, you can be a little bit cranky during the day. Uh, you aren't feeling at your best. Your performance um, is low. Your reaction time is, is slowed. Sleep fragmentation also lightens sleep, so you won't go into that deep sleep that normally happens during the beginning of the night if you're consistently disrupted. Um, And so that's a big problem because it means that the sleep that you're getting is not as restorative as it would be otherwise. Sleep needs to be straight through in order to be truly restorative. That's so important here. You can't have interrupted sleep and expect to feel rested and rejuvenated. Maria wasn't getting enough time in bed, and the time she was getting was broken up by tending to her baby. So how can Maria feel less exhausted all the time? How can she fix this problem so she can finally get more sleep? After the break, I'll uncover one more reason Maria wasn't getting enough sleep. This reason was key to unlocking the solution. Before the break, we heard from Maria, a TV show correspondent, blogger, and mom. She had a habit of deprioritizing sleep to get her work done, which left her with not nearly enough hours of rest. Then, with a fussy one-year-old who rarely slept through the night, the little sleep Maria got was interrupted. It's a wonder Maria was able to function. Then we heard from Dr. Erin Flynn Evans, who told us about the value of consistent deep sleep. To get the sleep she needed, the first step for Maria was to look at getting a regular bedtime for her baby. So I asked her about how the evenings flowed and what time she aimed to get her baby to sleep by. Turns out there wasn't a whole lot of consistency. 
especially in the actual time she puts her children to bed. I feel like I've become lenient with that because it's like, oh, well, his nap was a little bit later or, you know, Grant's up and we're doing this, we're having fun. You know, certain things where I've just, with both children, I, yeah. I have become a little bit more lenient. Whereas when I had my first child, it was like 6.30 on the dot. He would, we'd start the routine and he'd be in bed by seven. Like there was no questions asked. So I think because uh, I became more lenient with my oldest, I became more inconsistent with my second. And mm -hmm. my also reasoning to you for being inconsistent with the second was also because um, he still is doing the two naps. So sometimes when he takes a second nap and it's a bit later, I'm like, oh, he's not tired yet or whatever the case may be. So really, she put her baby to bed at a different time every night. Her baby's inconsistent bedtime didn't leave Maria with any shot at building better sleep habits for herself. Yet it struck me that Maria was the only one who got up to soothe him. I actually asked her, are you married? And if so, why can't your partner alternate overnight duty so each night one of you can count on a full night's sleep? I take a lot of the weight on myself and don't ask for enough help. And I think a lot of moms and dads too, but I can only speak for moms, uh, feel that it's easier just to do it than to explain to someone else how to do it because we think we do it better than anybody else. Right. And, uh, and we always feel that we want to be that person for our kids. You know, we always want to be their safety net and the person they fall to. This is the other key aspect in why Maria wasn't getting enough sleep. She wasn't sharing the responsibility of bedtime or staying asleep with her husband. When the baby cried, Maria was always the one getting up. I pointed this out to her, but I tried to frame it this way. If Maria insists on being the only person to care for her child around sleep, she is cheating her husband out of the opportunity to be someone her son relies on too. And that's not good for her son to only have one person to rely on. Maria set up a system where she was destined to never get enough sleep. You want them to be able to depend on both people in the parental unit to have that. And I think there was something that I really took away. The way you explained it was so beautiful in the sense that you really don't, like, think of yourself. You don't want to depend on just one person. Imagine that weight on that one person. And I thought there was something so beautiful about having both of us for them to depend on. In the same way, I depend on both of my parents. That mindset shift is what I want you to take away from this. You can't be the only person your child relies on. And by sharing that responsibility, you allow other people to feel valued in the same way. I suggested that Maria talk to her husband, that she sit down and have a conversation about working together as a couple on making the kids' bedtimes regular and then alternating who gets up at night. I really sat and said, let's get back on the same page with all of this. And I think that it's super important for us. And honestly, I started by saying, I think it's important for us to get both the kids down at the same time every night. And he goes, I totally agree. There was no questions, no resistance. And then we just sat and really talked about how do we make that happen. By expressing this out in the open, Maria also realized something else. The ways her husband was contributing that she didn't notice before. 
I'm sitting there thinking, I, I do so many things, I do so many things, you know, I make dinner, I do this, I do this. And me also coming to the realization that he, the weight, a lot of it falls on him to do drop-offs in the morning because I leave before anybody gets up in the morning. And so he also has that weight on him in the morning. So it was a lot of it was finding what each other you know, kind of needed to hear, like, I value you for doing all these things at night, and I value you for doing a lot of these things in the morning, and kind of recognizing it in each other, and appreciating that out of each other. This conversation really changed how Maria and her husband interacted. So they planned that on the mornings where Maria had to be up early for work, her husband would tend to the crying baby. And on the other mornings, where Maria could sleep a little late, she would. They split the duty so that each night at least one of them could count on a full night's sleep. Then they partnered on getting the kids to sleep at a regular bedtime. As for how Maria feels now that she's getting some more sleep? I, I will say when I woke up in the morning, I generally speaking, I run to my coffee maker and I had noticed myself getting lunches ready and doing all of these things and... I realized that I had already been doing these things for about 15 to 20 minutes without grabbing the coffee the first thing waking up. So that in itself, I think, is the biggest (laughs) accomplishment that I didn't necessarily, you know, jump into the caffeine first thing in the morning and know that I needed that right when I woke up. So it's really, you know, the sleep that gives you back your sanity when it comes to the organization of your day and your your night. What I want you to take away is this. If you're not getting enough sleep, consider that the issue might be less about time and more about workload. The solution may lie in how much you are delegating to those around you. And if your kids aren't sleeping through the night yet, work on alternating overnight duty. No matter how inconsistent your daytimes or how hectic our lives, it's essential to organize your entire family's life around getting enough sleep because sleep gives you the energy to function and be the best parent you can be. This has been the Time to Parent podcast, and I'm Julie Morgenstern. My new book, also titled Time to Parent, is out now. Buy it wherever you get books or at the link in the show notes. You can find more information on my website, juliemorgenstern.com. If you like the show, please be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. We're looking for questions from you. Do you have questions on how you can balance your time as a parent? Email them to timetoparent at macmillan.com. This show is produced by Becky Celestina, editing help from Alyssa Martino, Alexander Abnos, and Katie Ferguson. Thanks also to Tatiana McPartland of Julie Morgenstern Enterprises. She keeps me organized so I can keep you organized. See you next week.